Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 311 on Now You Know. We're brought to you by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really cool perks over there. I want you to go check those out. We'd like to thank Masterworks for sponsoring today's show. We all know Elon is a bit of a contrarian, but I think this takes the cake. Last week, he tweeted inflation might be trending down after seeing materials prices finally dip. And as much as I'd like to agree with him, I personally think inflation will still be hard at work, sucking away our savings for a while. That's why we've been talking on the Now You Know Investor Club about inflation hedges. And during my research, I came across an incredible article from Bloomberg. Just listen to this. There are few true inflation hedges and crypto now has been knocked off of that role, but art can serve as an inflation hedge in almost any environment. Isn't that amazing? Art as an inflation hedge. Turns out that the last time inflation was this high, art had an average yearly appreciation of 33%, according to the WM All Art Index. That's even better than gold and real estate during that same period, and it's why Masterworks is seeing more demand than ever. They're helping people hedge against inflation by offering shares of multi-million dollar art from some of the greats like Picasso, Banksy, and Basquiat. I actually made an account a few months ago when inflation was heating up, and it's been really cool to see them still produce results even as stocks are floundering. Because since 2019, Masterworks has sold five paintings with an average net return of 26.8% to investors. Bear market be damned. I think it's really smart what these guys are doing, and it's cool to see Masterworks opening up this market, especially since it's predicted to grow to $2.6 trillion over the next four years. Not to mention all the people that are currently looking for inflation hedges. If you're one of those people on the hunt, you're not alone, as Masterworks has seen demand spike in the last couple months. So there is a wait list. But you can skip it by clicking the link in the description for priority access to their newest offerings. So last week, we talked about Dan O'Dowd's blatantly false claims about full self-driving. If you want to check that out, you can see it here on our Clips channel or just check out last week's Tesla Time News. Our editing schedule just missed us out on including an awesome video from Holmar's catalog. Yeah, that video was really well done. Holmar's catalog went out there and tested to see if full self-driving would hit children, as Dan O'Dowd had claimed. Let's take a look at it here. Wait, what's, what's going on? Yeah, it's actually a good thing that we didn't include his video. Uh, YouTube took it down. What? What? Yeah, Tesla Rowdy reported on this. Videos disproving false Tesla full self-driving beta claims made by Dan O'Dowd were removed by YouTube. According to YouTube, we determined that the videos raised to us by CNBC violate our harmful and dangerous policies. I think I have to be like Elon in this one. What? <laughs> I just want to point out here that the video that we're talking about, no one gets hurt. The car acts exactly as it should. Right. They did have their kids test out full self-driving by standing in front of the car, but this is only after they tested several mannequins with absolutely no issue. Well, and also the father was behind the wheel. Like we all drive our cars near people. That's fine. And I mean, aren't there thousands of videos of car crash compilations on YouTube with real accidents where real people get hurt? How do those not violate the harmful and dangerous policies? Well, I mean, perhaps you could argue that those accidents weren't testing anything on purpose. Okay, how about videos of people purposefully driving their cars on two wheels on public highways? Okay, okay, but if you read through YouTube's very extensive and blanket, you know, misuse policy, you'll also see that they have a section on child safety. 
Harmful or dangerous acts involving minors, content showing a minor participating in dangerous activities or encouraging minors to do dangerous activities never put minors in harmful situations that may lead to injury, including dangerous stunts, dares, or pranks. So that's that must be it. Okay, ignoring again the car crash compilations where you can hear children crying in the dash cam footage. Uh, there's thousands of fail videos showing kids participating in dangerous activities, including stunts, dares, and pranks. Well, and we ought to talk about the other conflict of interest going on here. I mean, sure, Dan O'Dowd stands to gain from duping people and politicians into doubting Tesla full self-driving, but YouTube also has a conflict of interest because mm -hmm. you see they're owned by Google, which is also known as Alphabet, and Alphabet owns Waymo, which is another direct competitor to Tesla. And so YouTube takes down a video disproving that full self-driving works. Right. Honestly, and I think this explains a lot. I don't think that we're the only Tesla tubers out there who have noticed a significant drop off in views this year. Yeah, I mean, we've been growing in subscribers just fine, but our impressions have been steadily declining. It's basically been, and I know we're getting into the YouTube weeds here, but it's been our click-through rates that have been keeping us afloat. Yeah, could it really be that YouTube doesn't want Tesla to succeed? Now, this latest video takedown has been the only hard evidence that shows such a heavy bias. But if you look into YouTube's algorithm for like five minutes on practically any topic, you'll find examples of where they do much heavier pinching and pulling. All they have to do is write little tweaks into the algorithm. Oh, test, if it's a Tesla video, don't show it by 20%. Well, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of established media getting to doctor the story to portray the narrative they want. It's obvious that CNBC called up YouTube after basically having their FUD completely disproven with the perfect video. And instead of issuing a retraction, they thought, hmm, let's bury this. Let's make it nearly impossible for people to see real data, which proves our narrative false. Uh, but won't fans of Tesla see right through this? And of course they will, which is perfect because we can accuse them of sharing a banned video and call them conspiracy theorists. F*** that. I'm not going to stand for it. We're going to put the video up on Patreon bonus stories. If YouTube takes it down from there, we're going to publish a link where you can download it for yourself. But also, if you're mad about essentially having corporations try to censor facts and push false narratives and make this community that you're a part of look like a bunch of crazy people, please... Fight the algorithm. There's all sorts of little things that uh, the algorithm loves it when you do, like unsubscribe and resubscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell, hit the like button on every video you see on this channel, uh, share it with your friends, share to social media groups, because basically it's been a month since we've broken 100,000 views. I know, it's weird. This is all while there's tons and tons of Tesla news, and I've heard from lots of people who are just like, you haven't been showing up in my subscription feed, mm -hmm. even though I'm subscribed to you. But I did want to ask you, you said unsubscribe. YouTubers are never supposed to say that to people. Unsubscribe and resubscribe. For oh. some reason, it resets the algorithm. For some reason, YouTube thinks that if you're subscribed to a channel that you're going to get tired of it after a while. I mean, that's their excuse. And basically, if they want to, they can say, well, you oh, just test the YouTubers. Nobody's interested in it anymore. So do a couple of these things and it's going to... I mean, look, they can only change certain parameters in the algorithm if we're basically feeding it a lot more uh, interest that they measure because you watching a one hour video isn't enough. Hitting the like button, doing all of these things is going to hopefully amp back up that algorithm and we can tell more people about these. I mean, it's obvious corruption out there. I know. I mean, this is getting crazy. They can add all the tweaks they want to our algorithm, but if we can all overwhelm it and push past it, the truth can get out. You can't handle the truth.
Well, Elon tweeted out this week, FSD beta 10.69 started rolling out to Tesla owners last night. This build is a big step forward. 10.69.1, probably end of week with wider release. 0.2 in a few weeks should be good enough to provide to all FSD beta participants. Well, that's good news. Finally, we got a new uh, beta. Good news, everyone. But did you read this one? What? Elon said, after wide release of FSD beta 10.69.2, price of full self-driving will rise to $15,000 in North America on September 5th. Whoa. Current price will be honored for orders made before September 5th, but delivered later. Note, you can upgrade your existing car to FSD in two minutes via the Tesla app. So wait, it's currently at $12,000. Going up another three grand. Yes. Tesla has done this before. Obviously, full self-driving used to cost $3,000, yeah. 2500 or yep. something like that. Um, and it's been steadily going up That's in price. That's what I paid for it, by the way, for Sparky, which still doesn't have it. Eventually, Eventually. Sparky's going to have it. <laughs> now, I don't know if this was a glitch or if it was planned, but last week, for just a few hours, Tesla allowed people using the Tesla app to sign up for access to supercharging for non-Tesla EVs. It appears that there were two plans, a 99 cent a month plan where you got a lower price per kilowatt hour and a free plan where you pay per use and don't get a lower rate. So this was last Tuesday night a week ago and some people spotted it on the app and then Tesla quickly took it down. We should mention that there is no physical way for non-Teslas to charge on the U.S. Tesla supercharger network yet because Tesla hasn't modified any of their chargers and they haven't sold any adapters. But this is a sign that it's coming, and probably soon. I mean, Tesla wants to get some of that sweet, sweet federal cash, right? And what better way than opening up the supercharger network? I don't know if this means that it will be soon. It might just have been a programmer working on some code and it got released prematurely. I mean, 99 cents a month? That seems amazingly low. Yeah, I think it was just a programmer putting in a placeholder. Okay, so you don't think that that's going to be the price? I mean, it seems too low. I mean, even like EVgo and Electrify America, they charge like 4 or $5 a month. But I mean, this could still be months and months away. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do a Patreon poll coming up to see what you guys think. But hang on there, Buckaroo, not so fast. What? Here in Germany, your precious superchargers that you're trying to open up access to non-Tesla EVs are deemed illegal. Why? They do not have a little kilowatt hour counter on them. That is the law. Sorry, there's nothing I can do about it. Goodbye. Wait, what the what? Yeah, he's right. According to Handelsblatt, and this is, of course, translated from German, every charging station at which charging current is billed, according to kilowatt hours, must comply with calibration law in Germany, i.e. have a meter that precisely measures the charged current. This applies to public space, but also to company and private premises. But Tesla has a mobile app that tells you the kilowatt hours. Well, Thomas Werberpals, head of the Bavarian State Office for Weights and Measures says, again, translated from German, the illegal operation is not hindered and not sanctioned. It was and is being worked toward a lawful state. So basically the German government knows that Tesla is going to come up with a solution and they aren't gonna do anything about it for now. Yeah, I mean, I really hate stupid laws. So but, but it's supposed to be a little counter on the it's supposed to be a little screen i mean it makes sense you're supposed to know what you're getting for what you're paying but i mean that does appear on the app it's just that the law was written before people thought about apps i guess how was it written before before smartphones i don't don't know laws are stupid as elon says like there should be sunset clauses on laws they should disappear after a certain number of years and if we like them enough we should reinstate them but instead our world is full of laws that just sit on the books for hundreds of years. But speaking of superchargers, J.D. Power just released their 2022 survey of public charging satisfaction. And Tesla Superchargers comes in number one, of course. 
Public fast charging satisfaction, excluding Tesla, stayed flat from last year, even though there were more of them. Level two chargers dropped in satisfaction by 10 points. And I just want to point out this interesting little tidbit I found in the survey. The study finds that one out of every five respondents ended up not charging their vehicle during their visit. Of those who didn't charge, 72% indicated that it was due to the station malfunctioning or being out of service. So just read that as 20% couldn't charge? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Tesla destination chargers, which are level two chargers, they ranked highest among level two chargers. So basically the winner in both categories, high speed and level two. This is what we've been saying. But don't open them up to (laughs) non-Teslas. Let's take a look at the top 10 best-selling EVs in the U.S., for the first half of this year. Guess who's number one? You'll uh, never guess. Is it uh, Tesla? It's Tesla Model Y with over 100,000 units. Uh, and by the way, Giga Texas, congratulations. Thousand per week this week. They just added their fourth Gigapress. Wow. Wow. Followed by number two slot with Tesla Model 3 with almost 100,000 units. Ford Mach-E takes number three with about 18,000 units, <laughs> uh, followed closely by the Model S and X. So finally, we have a Model S killer, everybody. Congratulations, Ford. You've done it. You've killed the Model S. I I can't believe it. Wow. Unbelievable. The Ionic 5 gave the Model X a run for its money and came in sixth, followed by the Kia EV6, the Leaf, the Nero, and the Polestar 2. Interesting to note that even though other auto manufacturers increased EV deliveries by 58% during the first half of this year, Tesla only lost 1% market share. (laughs) Tesla is still the leader with 68% market share in the EV space. Volkswagen entirely and Ford F-150 Lightning are not on the top 10 list, uh, but that might change. We will have to wait and see at the end of the year. So up until last Thursday, you could plunk down $20,000 like I did back in 2017 for a pre-order reservation on the Tesla semi-truck. You no longer seem to be able to order the semi, but Tesla has updated the site with a get updates button and they changed some specs. Yeah, the semi went from having four motors to three. It will still accelerate zero to 60 in 20 seconds fully loaded and have 300 and 500 mile battery options. You remember last week, Elon tweeted that the 500 mile version will start deliveries this year. So Elon, I will take mine in any color. Um, I've cleared some driveway space for it, so I'm ready for delivery. Tesla added a short video of the interior instead of the single interior photo that was up before. Um, I have been inside the semi-cab, by the way, and I love it, and I can't wait for it. Again, any interior color, fine with me. Tesla now says that instead of charging 400 miles in 30 minutes, the semi will be able to charge 70% in 30 minutes. So that would be 350 miles on the 500-mile battery. And they mentioned the Tesla semi-charger. So here's a semi charging at one at Giga Nevada. Now, Tesla says that the semi's energy consumption is less than, get this, two kilowatt hours per mile, which would imply that a one megawatt charger should do the trick and would also suggest that they might have been able to get the battery size down from what many expected would be a one megawatt hour pack to a 750 kilowatt hour pack. Now, if the semi can consume less than two kilowatt hours per mile, that would be amazing. Uh, especially considering our test with the Rivian R1T towing a 3,000 pound camper at highway speeds used around one kilowatt hour per mile. Yeah, I can't wait to get our semi truck. Uh, I think we're going to call it Z and J trucking. I think JZ trucking sounds much better. Do you think he'd endorse it? I don't see why not. So Ashok Alaswamy tweeted out, presented some of the recent work from the Tesla autopilot team at the CVPR this year, especially about occupancy networks, our approach to solve general obstacle detection and using it to enable sophisticated collision avoidance. The full talk is here. 
And Elon said, worth hearing about Tesla Autopilot software and AI progress. Now, we watched the whole thing. It's really interesting. Uh, we'll put the link down below so you can check it out. But one screen really caught me here. Autopilot saves humans from colliding at about 40 accelerator misapplications saved every day. What does that mean again? Tesla has found that within its fleet, um, people have been hitting the wrong pedal because we're monkeys. Um, uh, here's a video here of someone hitting the wrong pedal, going in the wrong direction yep. and smashing into their garage. Right. Or it, someone else's garage. And so basically Tesla is able to uh, determine that it's about to hit something and correct your stupid mistake of hitting the accelerator instead of the brake. And it's been saving lives. So I did a little uh, research and a little math. So okay. according to NHTSA, there are 16,000 crashes every year here in the U.S. caused by pedal misapplication. That's when you hit the accelerator instead of the brake. So at 40 saves per day, that would be 14,600 saves per year. So then I uh, researched some more. So according to the Insurance Information Institute, the average property claim in 2018 for one of these accidents was $3,800. And the average bodily injury claim was over $15,000. So if you do the math, that would be $286 million a year that would be saved if Tesla was able to stop these 40 accidents a day. But that's just Tesla's. If we could put this technology into all cars on American roads, so 276 million autos on US roads, we could extrapolate that to $39.4 billion would be saved in accidents every year. Because overall, there's $474 billion spent in 2020 on auto accidents of all kinds, highway and so forth. But just the pedal misapplication accidents is about one-tenth of that. So we could save all that money all that pain, all that suffering with just this one little trick. And I think that this is why Tesla needs a PR department. Mm -hmm. It's great that they have their AI guy tweeting on Twitter and that Elon is, is tweeting it as well. That's great, but it doesn't really tell the full story. This is buried in a very dense, complicated topic that most people aren't going to watch. And they're not trying to prove any numbers here. They're just trying to write AI, which I want them to do. But that's why I would just love it if Tesla had some department that could go, wait, can I see the data here for a second? Oh, we've saved an average of this much money. Let's put that on the slide, too. Meanwhile, Dan O'Dowd is out there claiming that Teslas aren't safe. And right. they obviously are. I mean, this is just us doing back of the napkin math. Tesla has all the data. And if Tesla put this out there, then maybe NHTSA might get off their ass. Mm -hmm. So Lucid Motors unveiled the Air Sapphire at Monterey Car Week. This will be a tri-motor version of the Lucid Air, capable, according to Lucid, of a 0 to 60 in under 2 seconds from a standstill, 0 to 100 miles an hour in under 4 seconds, and a quarter mile in under 9 seconds with a top speed of over 200 miles an hour. Wow, that's fast. Uh, how much is it going to cost? It will start at 249 No, no, see, Zach, this is where people stop saying 249 and they start saying, oh, about a quarter. About a quarter? About a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, right, this right, is, right. you know, I'm just... Once we're getting into this league, you gotta sound it's like it. It's about a quarter. About a quarter. Whatever. Now, we don't know exactly if it should beat a Model S Plaid, uh, but that's the word on the street. Uh, the Sapphire's got 200 more horsepower than a Plaid, but it is heavier. I mean, it costs almost twice as much as a Plaid. I would hope that it could beat it. Well, if Lucid can sell them, it could help save the company. They've been losing money hand over fist. This car might actually have a positive margin for a change. <laughs> Obviously, they're just starting out, so losses are expected, but they certainly don't have an unlimited runway. Now, did we order the Sapphire? I forget. No, uh, it's a quarter, remember? <laughs> We don't have that kind of cash, okay. but we did order this one. Uh, so I checked on our Ford online account this morning. And look what I saw. 
Our Ford F-150 Lightning Lariat with extended battery and tow package in rapid red metallic is built. Woo! Expected delivery is in about a week. Woo! Awesome. Also, I just learned that Ford F-150 Lightning owners are getting 250 kilowatt hours of free fast charging from Electrify America. Wow. 250 megawatt hours. That's like 2,000 charging sessions. No. That's like a lifetime of charging. No. I mean, that's... No, no. I said 250 kilowatt hours. Kilowatt, not megawatt. 250 kilowatt hours free charging. But I mean, isn't that like three charging sessions? I mean, what's the point? I don't I don't get it. Well, you know, it helps introduce Ford owners who have probably never charged before to the Electrify America network. Giovanni Palazzo, president and CEO of Electrify America, said electrifying the F-150, America's best selling vehicle, is a game changer for bringing electric vehicles fully mainstream. We're proud to have the F-150 Lightning and all Ford electric vehicles take advantage of Electrify America's growing coast to coast ultra fast charging network to build range confidence wherever they travel. And don't forget, one fifth of the time you get there, you won't be able to charge. That stupid f***ing network. And everyone, everyone who ever f***ing says to me, Hey, Jesse, it's a great f***ing network. I use it all the time. You're a liar. But you won't be upset because it's free, free. for three charges. Well, and it's it's even more free if you get there and you can't charge. There you go. That's a free charging <laughs> session for you. So, look, our Ford F-150 is going to have a 131 kilowatt hour pack. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what the charge speed is yet. I mean, Ford says up to 150 kilowatts. They say 15 to 80% in 41 minutes. That's one of the things we're going to test first. Okay. So remember, subscribe to this channel because we're going to have a Rivian, which we already have, the Ford F-150. I mean, we're going to be pickup truck central here, and we're going to be able to give you all the stats. Because we're also getting the Cybertruck, the Lordstown, if we ever get it. The Endurance, yeah. The, uh, the Silverado. The Silverado. And any other truck we can find uh, <laughs> by the side of the road. Hey, and if you love trucks, especially Cybertruck, go to our sponsor, the Cybertruck Owners Club. Check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck truck enthusiasts and future owners and there you're going to find their crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in line and don't forget their 3d configurator allowing you to visualize the cyber truck in any color wrap and logo both on screen and in augmented reality so have you been thinking about getting an electric stand-up scooter Ethan has reviewed so many scooters on our sister channel, Now Let's Review. Yeah, there are so many scooters to choose from and this week Ethan reviewed the Neo KQI2 scooter. Range, braking, build quality, price, performance, all in really fun to watch videos. Yeah, I find his brake test to be super valuable. I mean, this Neo scooter brakes differently than most other scooters we've reviewed, and it's such an important aspect. Also, Ethan tests acceleration, even going up hills. Again, that's super important, especially if you're planning to get a scooter as a commuter transportation solution. And that's the thing. Scooters don't just have to be used as toys. Uh, these can really replace cars for many people, and in many places can probably get you to work faster and way cheaper than a car. So go check out that video and subscribe so that we can keep bringing you great content over on now let's review. So the Inflation Reduction Act has been signed into law by President Biden. Byron, bring me to the White House, baby. There is lots of new stuff in this law, a lot of credits for things like solar, heat pumps, and home batteries. And we thought we'd quickly walk you through how much you can save on what things and how to get your cash back through this law. So let's jump in. Okay, so this new law replaces the non-business energy property credit. Uh, with the newly named Energy Efficient Home Improvement Credit. So now instead of being limited to $500 per year credit for doing improvements to your home, like installing insulation and new energy efficient windows, the limit has now been raised to $1,200. So 30% of what you spend on energy efficient home improvements like insulation, doors, windows, and skylights up to $1,200 per year will be eligible for a tax credit when you file your individual tax return. Yep. 
also added our biomass stoves and boilers, electric panel upgrades and home energy audits. And there's $2,000 for heat pumps and heat pump hot water heaters. Now that's if you don't qualify for the $8,000 credit because your income is above the 150% area median income limit. Hang on, I'm already overwhelmed. 150% area median income limit? How the heck do I figure that out? Okay, well, we'll post a link down below to Fannie Mae's Area Median Income Lookup Tool. It's really easy. I know it sounds complicated. You just enter your zip code and it will show you. Look. Okay, so if I live in Beverly Hills, which I don't, uh, the area median income is $97,900. Right. Seems low. Um, well, it's actually taking all of L.A. County, so that's why. Oh, okay. So that's how they're going to calculate it. It's the area, you know, wherever area you live in. It's I, not just the zip code. No, I okay. mean, the zip code gets you to your spot. But right. So then you take $97,900, you multiply it by 1.5, you get $146,850. So if my household income is below this, I qualify for the credit. I, I get it. Yeah. And I and that's why I put this in here, because um, uh, for a lot of people, they just read the Oh, I'm going to get a credit. But then they do their taxes and they find out, oh, I'm not going to get the credit. Mm -hmm. So go check that first just to see. Uh, one of the best parts of the new law, in my opinion, though, is the increase in the solar tax credit to 30 percent of your system cost. Now, that's up from 26 percent. This credit will last until 2032. In 2033, it falls back to 26%. Then in 2034, it drops to 22% before it disappears. This 30% counts for solar that you got installed anytime after January 1st of 2022. Oh, nice. So those who went solar this year got a bonus Christmas present from Uncle Sam. That's right. So for this year and next year, you just need to keep your receipts in case you're audited. Starting in 2024, you'll need to include a specific product ID number that manufacturers will provide you. You'll have to put that number on your taxes to get the credit. Wait, so if I go to like Home Depot and I buy a roll of insulation, there's going to be a number on it? Somewhere? Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that'll work flawlessly. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? I, I thought it was on there. And then there's the $4.28 billion for the high efficiency electric home rebate program. I thought we just talked about that one. Uh, no. So this is a different program. It's, so the law is made up of a lot of different things. OK. And this is another thing. <laughs> OK. Uh, remember, I mentioned up to $8,000 savings for heat pumps to heat and cool your house. Yes. Well, there's also up to $840 offset for a heat pump clothes dryer or an electric stove. There's $4,000 rebate for upgraded electrical panels and up to $2,500 for electrical wiring improvements. Um, you get up to $1,600 for insulation and sealing of leaks in your house. A total of up to $14,000 in rebates. Again, as long as you aren't above the 150% area median income limit. Okay. Very good. Now, how all these rebates are going to be handled has been left up to the Treasury Department to issue general guidelines. But the intent is to make these credits point of sale. So my guess is that next year, consumers will start to see products with these cost savings displayed right on the sticker price. This rebate program will run through September 30th, 2031. Good. So people have some time to do their shopping. Yeah. This isn't something you have to run out and do before the end of the year. Um, start planning your projects because I think this is going to be really cool. A lot of cost savings for a lot of cool projects. Because basically everything that we're talking about here are products that are going to save you money. Right. It's going to it's going to be taken right off your energy bill because you're not going to be spending uh, all that heat trying to, you know, heat up your water, heat up your clothes. Um, heat pumps are amazing. If you haven't learned about heat pumps yet, you are missing out. It's like 
it's like cheating physics. Yeah. And speaking of tax incentives, the Department of Energy released a list of EVs that are eligible for the new $7,500 federal tax incentive. Wait, 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 wait. It says Teslas have manufacturer's sales cap met, but I thought the new law undid the cap. Yes, it did. This means that until January 1st of 2023, you can't get the $7,500 credit. But as we talked about before, next year and for 10 more years, you can. And what does reserve here mean? It brings you to a page like this where you can reserve a vehicle. So if you keep the price under $55,000 for sedans and $80,000 for SUVs and pickup trucks, then you can get the $7,500 credit. Um, I don't see the Volkswagen ID4 on this list. That's because Volkswagen hasn't moved production to Tennessee yet officially. When it does, it should join the list because remember, the vehicles have to be built primarily in North America. And remember, if you are over the income limits, that's $150,000 for single filers, $225,000 for head of household, and $300,000 for joint filers, then you won't qualify. Right. So there's now an income limit as well. But that one's not median that is income just, 150%. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So the hard limit. Yeah. Hard limit. Interesting. Okay. I think most of you who have been watching the show for a while now have experienced this conversation. It goes something like this. Shouldn't you sell your Tesla stock? I mean, it's so expensive. And how is Tesla going to compete with Ford and GM? Uh, well, Tesla is selling way more EVs than all those guys combined. Plus, they're a lot more than just a car company. Tesla is working on autonomous vehicles, robots, and Tesla is an energy company. Tesla is an energy company? What? I know. I know. It's hard to explain to some people that Tesla is on the cutting edge of everything they do, including having VPPs or virtual power plants. That's when Tesla is able to aggregate the electricity stored in many people's power walls and use it like a peaker power plant when the energy grid needs power quickly. Tesla just showed this in real life on August 17th in Southern California when 2,342 Powerwall owners on the PG&E grid and 268 homes on the Southern California Edison grid participated selling 17.5 megawatts to the grid and each earning about $2 per kilowatt hour. Yeah, and I mean, I've been doing that all this summer because uh, my grid allows me to do that too. So just about every day in July, my grid took my power walls, let them charge up with solar all day. And then at about three o'clock or four o'clock, it took like all the way down to 20% out of my power walls, shipped it to all my neighbors and paid me for the right to use that. Well, that's California, but what about Texas? Tesla Energy Ventures has applied with the Public Utility Commission of Texas to sell electricity on the retail market. Tesla has posted for a product operations manager retail electricity based in Austin. In the description, Tesla said that the role will oversee the launch and growth of a new electricity retailer in the Texas market. So is this a VPP? I mean, it looks like it's only going to become a utility. Well, let's talk about being utility, right? There's two ways to be a utility. Uh, you can either own some power plants or virtually own some power plants. Uh, virtually own the power plants? Okay, well, you can either have physical solar farms or physical gas peaker plants or virtual solar farms on customer roofs. Okay, and then Tesla is going to be a retailer, which means that I could sign up for Tesla Energy Ventures in uh, like Texas. Probably. And then I could get a bill from Tesla and they could have whatever rate they deem proper. Could be, or it might be that Tesla just starts as being a provider during just peak points in, you know, to the grid. Uh, oh, and when, selling to other utilities. And selling to other utilities. That's when you get the most per kilowatt hour. So my guess is they're going to start there mm -hmm. and then maybe eventually they'll, you know, 
have solar farms or aggregate people's roofs or whatever. None of this is new for anyone living in South Australia, of course. But right. uh, it's cool to see that they're going to be doing it in lots of different grids. And I just want to point out, this is a new revenue stream. So Tesla has the energy division where they sell solar and batteries. This would be a completely new way for Tesla to make money. Um, and that's another thing that analysts out there never talk about. Along with VPPs, we also talk a lot on this channel about V2G. That's vehicle to grid. And that's the ability to use the energy stored in your electric vehicle battery to power the grid. And if you think we're crazy and V2G is just some pie in the sky crazy talk, uh, well, then you might want to think again, because now Duke Energy, one of the largest utilities in the country with over 7.4 million customers and Ford Motors have partnered in a program to use F-150 Lightnings to power the grid. That's right. Duke is petitioning the North Carolina Utilities Commission to allow utility customers to use their Ford F-150 Lightnings to connect to the grid and supply energy back to the grid to help ease demand during peak periods. Ford's chief policy officer and general counsel Stephen Crawley says Ford's electric vehicles are unlocking new possibilities in energy management for our customers, becoming valuable energy storage sources that are changing the game on the benefits an EV can deliver. Alongside Duke Energy and our mutual customers, we're working to fine tune and expand these capabilities that will not only power their lives, but also accelerate the development of a less carbon intensive grid. Duke Energy is hoping to lower lease payments for Lightning owners who join the program and will start with a 100 customer pilot program in the Carolinas. So uh, this is one way that V2G can work. Um, basically, that the utility is going to help offset uh, the lease price of your vehicle, which is kind of an interesting way to do it. But obviously, there's a million ways to change money between hands. This is probably the lowest tech way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you just say, basically, you have to plug in your vehicle this many nights a week mm -hmm. um, and we'll give you a break on your lease. That way, they don't have to like constantly check things, probably because they don't have the technology yet to do the checking like Tesla can. Yeah, so it, I'm really excited to see where V2G is going to go, but I think that this is just another step in the right direction. Because, I mean, a Ford F-150 is going to have a big battery. That's true. Uh, you know what you're looking at here? Um, oh, I know. Uh, the set of a new Mission Impossible movie. Is this one of those server rooms of like a billionaire business mogul who's trying to take over the world and then Tom Cruise has to sneak in and destroy it without getting caught? Uh, well, you're not that far off. Uh, it's a big computer. I'm a computer. But this one is real. This is Tesla's supercomputer. It has 7,360 A100 GPUs, making it the seventh most powerful computer in the world. Tim Zeman, Tesla's engineering manager leading the AI infrastructure and AI platform, confirmed that Tesla recently upgraded the computer and is looking for smart engineers to join the team at the upcoming MLSYS conference in person August 29th through September 1st at the Santa Clara Convention Center. So this is part of the Dojo training computer that's using its neural net to train Tesla FSD AI. Yeah, we should hopefully learn more about it during AI day number two on September 30th. Which I think, by the way, we're going to be live streaming. And I just talked to my buddy Tom Nash, and I think he's going to be joining us for that. Oh, that'll be so, fun. So that should be really fun. Uh, we'll get you more details as we know about so it. So that'll be on September 30th. Block out your calendars and buy some popcorn. And speaking of blocking out your calendars, and again, if you're a smart engineer, uh, you might want to go to this conference in person. It's not online. Um, August 29th through the 1st, because I bet Tesla will be signing up people for jobs. That's exciting. All right. So have you ever seen one of these? A dune buggy. That's actually a kit car made by the company Myers Manx from the 60s. It's based off of the old VW Beetle. Okay. Well, after about 60 years, some going in and out of business and corporate mergers later, the Manx is about to be reborn as an EV 
the Manx 2.0. I don't get it. Was this a popular car? Because I don't think I've ever really seen one. Try to pretend that you're not from the East Coast, Dad. Uh, But yeah, I think most people's experience with these would probably be just from like Grand Theft Auto. Um, Wait, so now it's going to be an EV. Do we have any stats? Yeah. So you can either get the 20 or the 40 kilowatt hour battery for 150 or 300 miles of range, respectively. And you might be saying, how is that possible for such a little battery? Only 1,500 or 1,650 pounds. Uh, the 40 kilowatt hour one should be able to go zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds. Well, hey, you know what? I think we should uh, try and get one and try it out. Are, are you sure? We don't even know how much it costs. It's been ordered. What? Yeah. Uh, this looks fun. I want to try it out for our viewers. So we're on the list. Uh, okay. So that was a $500 deposit? Yeah, but it's fully refundable. Okay. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to have a bunch of trucks. We're going to have the Cybertruck, the semi-truck, the Roadster, right. yeah, and then a something. dune buggy. Uh, I, see. I mean, because butts and seats. That's you know? true. So we can roll up with the truck towing the, the dune buggy. and There you go. go dune, or maybe it's dooning. in the semi-truck you know, trailer. All right. It looks fun. You're right. All right. right. Let's. We'll try it out. Uh, when's it coming up, by the way? Uh, hopefully 2024. So around when we get the Silverado. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. One of the stories we skipped back in January during CES was this one about the Indy One. Right. I mean, we've been to this sort of thing before, and it just feels like anybody willing to make a mock-up out of paper mache, Bondo, and automotive paint gets to roll their thing out onto the floor, and everyone gets to ooh and ah at it, even though it doesn't drive. Yeah, it makes it really hard to pick what's real from what will never get made. And uh, this might be in the latter category. Indy EV, or Independent Electric Vehicles, uh, debuted the Indy One earlier this year. I mean, it looks like just another EV. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Zach. It's just an EV with a gaming PC in it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, so it's fully autonomous and you can like game while it drives you around? No, 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 no. It has driver assistance, but it's not autonomous. So uh, don't worry, though. Your passenger can play while you drive. Or you can park, get out, switch over to the passenger seat, and then play a game in your car. Wait, so it's just an EV with a computer in it? That's what I just said. So what, all right, so what are the stats? Well, they're not that impressive. I don't think they're worth talking about because I'm more concerned that this is never gonna get made. Uh, The estimated delivery date is Q2 of 2023, which is a year away. And so far we don't know where it's gonna get built. But if you get the premium edition, you can get a drone. What, they throw in a drone? Or a Polaroid camera. Wait, I'm sorry. Or roller skates. Hang Depends on. on the color of the car that you get. And this is all, you know, protected with blockchain. Wait, roller skates? Yeah. Depending on the color of the car, you can you can get lots of different stuff like like shoes. What? Um, huh? What do you think? Bruh. Hey, and if you want to share this story with your friends, but you don't want to share the entire episode, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chop these into little bite-sized clips that you can easily share. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Thank you, Henson, again. Another week, another half a centimeter of of beard hair gone. Um, All thanks to the amazing folks at Henson Shaving. I was at the store the other day looking at, you know, cartridge razor blades. Why are we doing that? Just giggling to myself because I I am saving a fair bit of money uh, by switching to Henson. You can use little uh, double-sided razor blades. They cost like 10 cents each. They have two sides. And you get the first 100 free if you use our code now you know when you check out. So head on over to HensonShaving.com and uh, you'll see what we mean. 
All right, so Jesse, you want to see the future? Check this out. Let me guess. It's another concept car. It is the the Model Model L100 100 EV concept concept from Lincoln, Lincoln. which is, of course, one of Ford's brands. Ford says it pays tribute to the 1922 Model L, its first luxury vehicle ever made 100 years ago. I do think it's worth stopping for a moment and letting that sink in. Luxury cars have only been around for 100 years. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean... That's it. 100 years. Uh, Back to the non-existent, though, and never will be existent, Model Model L100. 100. It will feature a jewel chess piece controller on the center console. I'm sorry, a what? A jewel chess piece controller that will replace the steering wheel. Because, you know, steering wheels are so 2020. The front seats also swivel to face backwards. Because, you know, driving is also so 2020. There'll also be a digital floor and a bunch of other crap that will never see the light of day. So why are we even talking about this? I, I, you brought it up. I know. I don't know. Also, why. OK, they're they're bringing they're bringing back the 1922 Model L. Is this supposed to be nostalgic for some people? I don't know. I like is it are like 100 year olds go. Hey, finally, I was waiting for them to bring back the uh, Model L. Jeepers, I can't wait to get me in my model and get who and it's gonna end and you know what? I heard it's gonna have a digital floor. I know what that means. I'm a hundred. What are we talking about here? What? Also, you know, Ford is what basically killed the electric car. 30% of the cars when Ford came out with the Model T were electric, and then the Model T came out, which is so cheap that people bought them instead of electric, and we're off for a hundred years of bullshit. So, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Ford. All right, it's time for Going Green, sponsored by EcoWare. And you may have been wondering, what is on their solar panel desk today? It is my beautiful new mouse pad. Wow. Now, I mean, when I was a kid, mouse pads were a lot smaller than this. Well, this is a desk pad. As you know, mice have been getting bigger and bigger <laughs> over the years. No, it's a desk pad. It's a desk pad. And um, it's really, really beautiful. You get, uh, you know... The nice James Webb Space Telescope uh, brand new picture. So that's up on the EcoWare website now. Yeah, so you can get that. You can also get, um, well, we were just kicking around ideas the other day. And you what get, are these? You can get that. And uh, just, it's- uh, Moonderwear? Those are boxer shorts with two moons on the back. And uh, yeah, it does have a starship in the front. Um, yeah. I saw that you ordered a pair this week. <laughs> I have to have them. <laughs> that's the funniest that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Do you think you'll model them for the website when you when they come in? If this video can get <laughs> like 20,000 likes. Oh, wow. How about that? All right. Hit the like button and Jesse will model the moonderwear. <laughs> you don't have to see it. Don't worry. It won't be the first picture that comes up. How about that? I d- Look, that's hilarious. Okay? You can't tell me that that's not funny. That is funny. Um, and it's all because of the Artemis 1 mission. That's right. We're going back to the moon, people. Yeah, don't forget to use Artemis 1 as your checkout code, and you'll get 5% off everything the entire month of August. So head on over there. There's not much time left. Get this. LAX. Los Angeles International Airport. Yeah, I know that airport well. We've flown into it a few times to cover Tesla and Boring Company events. Then you probably heard about their $14 billion modernization project, which has already started and is planned to last through 2023. Uh, No, I didn't. Well, as part of that project, LAX is going to have 1,300 EV chargers by the end of this year. They already have 832 chargers installed. Um, I don't have the breakdown for level two versus fast charging, um, but 600 chargers are in the central parking lot structure located in the middle of the terminals and the rest are in the economy parking lot. So can you drive right up and charge? I believe you have to reserve a spot 
by visiting parking.flylax.com. And is it free? Uh, no. A Tesla Model 3 will cost about $30 to fully charge from 0 to 100 So this will be one of the largest EV charging locations in the country, if not the world. It will. And uh, I'm excited to see how it works. I'm excited to see what happens and if people like it and if they implement it properly and they keep it maintained. There's lots of questions, but this is the first project like it in the world. Yeah, I just wish that you didn't have to like reserve a spot since they have 1300 spots but it is la maybe they're gonna fill up yeah yeah all right it's time for sunspots and you know possibly the best part of the world going solar is that solar is so quickly replacing coal as an energy source because coal frankly sucks and that's what makes this next story so great first energy core an electric utility that mostly serves west virginia is going to be building a six megawatt solar farm on the site of an abandoned 27 acre coal ash landfill now before we go any further i think it might be a good idea to explain what coal ash is because it kind of sounds okay right like oh it's like wood ash no 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 no. it is not okay yeah coal ash is what you have left over after you burn coal also called boiler slag lovely so it's full of arsenic mercury lead and many other heavy metals you usually store this disgusting toxic soup in a coal ash pond and then wait for a storm or flood to wash all this crap all over the place and then it gets into people's drinking water good times by the way coal ash is the second largest waste stream in the u.s today behind household trash. And if you live in West Virginia and Maryland, though, listen up. You can sign up now to purchase power from the five new solar farms that are going up. We'll put a link below. By the way, uh, when you go solar, uh, solar doesn't make coal ash. I don't know if you knew this. (laughs) And uh, so you don't have to have coal ash pond. But wait, where does all the solar ash go? Uh, It doesn't get generated. So, yeah, just keep that in the ground, people. And if you'd like to get solar on your roof because you don't want to have any coal ash ponds near your house, uh, go check out our friends at Energy Pal. In fact, we have a testimonial here from someone who has used Energy Pal. Hi, this is Zach in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. I worked with Lincoln at Energy Pal uh, to get sun power panels on my house earlier this year. Uh, Lincoln was amazing. He got me all kinds of quotes from all kinds of different solar companies. And I also got the Sun Vault battery for my garage. As you can see, this is the SunVault battery uh, currently charging up on a sunny day. Uh, Lincoln was amazing, always there to answer questions. No matter how long the phone call took, he was very patient and loves talking about solar. Highly recommend them. And this is all I hear from people. Lincoln and the crew at Energy Pal are super helpful and knowledgeable. So if you want to go solar, give them a call. It's free to you. Just tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. And if you live in Europe and you're like, but we can't have that in Europe. You can go to Svea Solar. They have just offered us a deal that only you guys are getting. You can either prepay your solar energy solution and get an EV charger with a 50% discount, or you could charge to select the pay-as-you-go solar energy solution, which is leasing, with no upfront fees and get the first six months for free. So head on over to Svea Solar. We'll put the link down below so you can get a free quote. And so if you live in Germany, Spain, Sweden, Netherlands, Belgium, and many other countries coming soon, this could be for you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember, we need your stories. Send them on in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Noah says, I've attached a video of my latest experience with Electrify America. Oh, let's see how that goes. Here we are at another Electrify America charging station. This one's in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. We have the single CCS on this stand. It's not available. 
this one here uh, is not functioning properly. The card reader is apparently not powering on. This one over here seems to be okay, yet it still will not connect to my car after repeated tries. No luck there. And this one over here says it's had its power reduced for an update, but still will not connect to the car. So yet another Electrify America charging station that is actually probably more dangerous than it is good because it can't be relied on. Yeah, he says, I called a support phone number, selected option four, and was connected immediately with a kind human who was very grateful for my call and said a technician would be sent out right away. Well, that's good, because even though you can't <laughs> charge, they'll work on it for you. <laughs> Thanks, Noah, for letting, giving us that update. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And would you like to see a Rivian driving into a lake? And much more. Then head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. You get all of our Patreon bonus stories for a buck a month. Um, can't wait to see you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories, and it's time for our shout-outs. These are the people that support us at five bucks a month. They get their names on the end credits at the end of the show. Who do we got, Jess? We got Vladimir Ushakov. Dennis Matthews. Javier Lopez. Psychosmock. Jacqueline Joseph. And Roger Holder. Thank you so much for supporting us. Can't do this show without you. Now, we had a Patreon poll this week. Uh, what was the question? Do you think that Tesla is going to be opening the supercharger network soon to non-Tesla owners? Oh, right, because there was that leak in the software. And what do people say? Um, most, it was very close. Uh, people are saying it's Tesla is not that close to opening the supercharger network because there's no way to plug in a non-Tesla in North America to a supercharger. I mean, they're usually right, so. But just just two percent less said that it's very close ah so it's <laughs> we don't know hung jury we don't know <laughs> all right it's time for elon's tweets of the week and um i think this explains why nitsa has been such a pain in the butt for tesla holmar's catalog tweeted out even nitsa is sick of safety score and this letter basically saying that nitsa owns a tesla they've been driving in 99 and they can't get fsd beta turned on <laughs> so elon said okay we'll turn it on <laughs> Uh, that that could explain a lot. It could, yeah. Tesla tweeted out first model wide deliveries in Australia and New Zealand, and a lot of happy new customers there. That's awesome. Lex Friedman said, "When people ask me who I voted for, now you know." Wait, he voted for us? <laughs> no, he voted for Odin uh, because Odin has kept the ice giants at bay. Elon said, "To be clear, I support the left half of the Republican Party and the right half of the Democratic Party. Also, I'm buying Manchester United. You're welcome. The soccer, the soccer team? team. He's buying it." For real? Is this real? People who know more than I do yeah, about people soccer. people in Manchester. T- yeah. talk, tell me what's going on. Yeah, I, is this just like a joke I'll or a meme? I'll buy a pint. <laughs> Doge Norway tweeted out, journalists in the 1990s versus journalists in 2020. People are being rude to me on Twitter. <laughs> James Stevenson said, hey, Elon, will Tesla's ever be able to automatically adjust the side mirror settings for new drivers? Based on 3D position of the driver's eyes plus comparing against the fleet's internal camera data and side mirror settings. Elon said, Yes, but side mirrors won't be needed in a self-driving future. That said, we will add auto-configure to side mirrors. They're really going to do that. They're going to take the camera and, I mean, that's cool. I'd never know if I've adjusted my mirrors correctly. I know, right? It might be even more accurate. And he said side mirrors cause about a 5% range reduction at highway speed. So maybe that's because they're not going to last long. Mm. Uh, Sawyer Merritt said, are we still going to be legally able to take off the side mirror of the Cybertruck after delivery? 
Elon said, modifying your car after delivery is legal in America, so yes. But hang on. Don't you have to get your car inspected in most states uh, like every year, every two years? And wouldn't they check to see if you had side mirrors? Look, if you know more than I do about this, please comment below and let us know what you think. Velcro. Oh. (laughs) Chainchomp13 said, everything needs a villain and real life is no exception. That leaves us with the question, who is the villain of real life? Elon says, entropy. Oh, entropy. Which is the physicist's... uh, you know, I mean, that's how the universe is going to die. It's true. So that's the real enemy. That's the real enemy. SpaceX tweeted out separation confirmed. Dragon will perform three departure burns to move away from the space station. And look at these beautiful photos of nice. Dragon. Elon tweeted out nice letter from Bill Nix, who would have been my professor at Stanford if I hadn't put grad studies on permanent deferment. And then Elon said might need a new P.O. box after tweeting this because uh, quick, write your letters. <laughs> Zach said, just finished my first drive with full self-driving beta 10.69. It handled the turn perfectly near my house that 10.12 was struggling with. It's accelerating much better and visualizations seem crisper. Also, its steering is noticeably smoother than before. Super impressed. Elon said, Tesla autopilot team did great work with 10.69. Some point releases needed for polish, so 10.69.2 should really shine. And Chuck Cook said, hey, Twitter, early Sunday testing of my unprotected left turn on FSD beta 10.69. And Elon said, glad it's working out. Thanks for giving us this tough case to solve. That's what field testing is all about. This early version of 10.69 is being extra cautious. So waits for a moderately big gap in traffic to cross. Upcoming releases will do better in heavy traffic. And then Elon tweeted out this poll saying tunnels. And most people said both impossible pipe dream and stupid hole in the ground. Elon said, funny how there are often simultaneous reactions saying it's impossible and it was already done 3,000 years ago. (laughs) And he said, now Boring Company tunnels are in active use in Vegas. Try it if you're in town. We'll be expanding to connect all major destinations in Vegas plus the airport. Would be cool to do a much simplified Hyperloop demo tunnel between Austin and San Antonio. It's the fastest way to get between one downtown and another with known physics. And the standard model is proving quite resilient. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, you can share your stories, photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Benton says, came across a white F-150 Lightning Platinum with Alberta plates in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. I almost walked right by it without noticing until the driver popped the frunk and I was like, oh, what? It's a Lightning. Andrew says, spotted this sick Porsche Taycan in Melbourne, Australia today. Um, And then Steve's Model X FSD avoids a bicyclist. He said, hey, Zach and Jesse, with all the to-do about Teslas that use FSD running over childlike mannequins, I thought I'd send you a real-world video clip for my Model X front-facing camera showing my Tesla navigating a construction zone and avoiding hitting a bicycle rider while being driven by FSD beta. I thought it was impressive how the car is able to pick the bicycle rider out against a complex background of people, trees, trucks, telephone poles, etc. Okay, wait, 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 wait. We can't show it. We can't show it. Oh, no. Our video is going to get taken down. Alfred says, I was at a supercharger in Sutterheim in Sweden. I saw Teslas charging next to Volkswagens, Mercedes, and a Jaguar. Beautiful harmony. Talk for a great show. Thank you, Alfred. And you know what? I don't think Elon thought about this when he said that he was opening up superchargers. Check this out. Helicopters charging at superchargers. (laughs) Daryl and a couple other viewers sent in what appears to be a German police helicopter charging at a supercharger. I believe this is the Karlsruhe, Germany supercharger. Right. And I mean, if you read the thing, it's basically saying like, hey, don't ice supercharger <laughs> locations. So I don't know if that's Photoshop. Doesn't look like Photoshop. It looks like they're charging it. It looks like they, um, I mean, not, I, I know it's not it's, electric. It's, no, but I mean, they must have some like batteries on board or something. I don't know. No, it's, you can see the charger handle on the ground. Uh, it's just a joke. It's a joke. John sent us this picture of an FUV rental in Hawaii. And Archie says, hey, Zach and Jesse, just want to say I love you guys show and I look forward to it every week. Keep doing what you're doing. Wanted to share a couple of spottings of mine here in Fresno, California of an Arkimoto FUV and a Rivian R1T. Thanks, guys. 
Thank you, Archie. Awesome. Chris spotted this Mitsubishi with a funny license plate near his work in Ottawa, Canada. Tesla to be. <laughs> Alden spotted this Ford E-Transit Walmart delivery van in Chicago. He says, it's the first time I've seen a Walmart delivery van in the city and was happy to see it's electric. Thanks for all the content you put out each week. I love the show. And David sent us this R1S picture at an EVGO charger outside of Winco Grocery Store in North Las Vegas. I'll also remember, we're getting our R1S fairly soon, so mm. make sure you subscribe. Jason sent us this orange Model Y spotted in Orange County, California. That's good. And speaking of Model Y, our friends at Avoto, our favorite Tesla rental company in Canada, they have a new 2022 seven-seat Model Y available for rent in their new Ottawa location. They also have more Model 3s as well in Montreal. And if you'll be there for a long time, they could bring the Model Y to Montreal for you. So go to their website, avoto.ca, if you'll be heading up north to Canada soon. Also tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you, and they'll give you a 10% discount. Oh, wow. Nice. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got out in the world. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Philip from Brussels, Belgium. So we are now at the Docks Mall near Brussels. Uh, this, is, this is the plaza, actually. Quite a big mall. Uh, there's a restaurants, food uh, food trucks. Some sometimes clothing store. There's even a, there's even a cinema, electronic store. And uh, on this side, there's a brand new V3 supercharger. They call it an uh, an urban supercharger. I don't know urban. Why urban? Because they are they look like regular stores to me. Uh, on the mall over there, there's allegedly four and a half thousand square meters of solar panels. Uh, there's a rainwater recuperation system for irrigating the plants. Uh, the supercharger is actually secured by uh, a barrier. That's the exit. Why? Well, I guess it can be uh, quite busy, especially here on, on, uh, on, on Saturdays. So you have to be mindful uh, of, of that. Over there, there's a the, there's a public transport or, or option. Uh, you can uh, when you're finished charging, you can visit the city by by tram. Uh, overall, I think I give this supercharger station a seven out of ten. Um, well, why so low? Well, on Saturdays it can get quite busy. But if you if you avoid Saturday afternoons, should be okay. Now you know. Claudia from Germany. We are on the brand new supercharger uh, stores in Trostdorf, that's a city near Bonn in Germany. Um, they have just opened. It's near a golf uh, area. You get a restaurant and uh, it's called 19th. We have just um, a coffee and coke, and it's uh, not so expensive uh, like we thought. It's really nice here. It's brand new and there are two, four, six, seven, ten stops. So now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Dennis at the 12 stall version two superchargers at St. George, South Carolina, which is near Savannah. And tell me that some of these are out of order and I guess you can tell by the cables hanging over the top which ones are but uh, amenities are around we have a food line here for groceries and not too far away is a Hardee's 
a McDonald's across the street and a Taco Bell. I'd give the place a eight out of 10. Pretty good. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Kevin from Colorado at Denver's newest supercharger location. There are 16 V3 superchargers here, not all accessible at the time of this recording, as this site is still under construction. The development here includes a Target, Chase Bank, restaurants like uh, Mod Pizza and Ice Cream Gelato, as well as Clark Market, the aforementioned Target, and coffee shops and uh, brew pubs nearby. Uh, once this site is fully developed, it will be an excellent place to come and charge your Tesla. Uh, as a bonus, about one mile east of here is the Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum. A great place to uh, drop in, maybe drop the family off there while you come over here and charge your car. I would rate this site, once fully developed, a 10 out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. So nice to see all these different places in the world and all of our amazing fans who do it. You can submit yours at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got for new superchargers? We've got number nine in Singapore is the three stall at Great World, Singapore. Number 84 in Texas is the 20 stall in Clyde, Texas. 154 in Canada is the eight stall in Kemptville, Ontario. The 12 stall in Mojave at Sierra Highway, California. Number 296 in California is the 48 stall in Santanella, California. Number 38 in Maryland is the 8 stall in White Plains, Maryland. And number 40 in Illinois, 1,458 in the USA and 3,622 in the world is the 8 stall in Urbana, Illinois. And you made it to the end of the show. And I just want to remind everybody that, yes, our F-150 Lightning has been built. Uh, and I think we're getting delivery in a week or two. I've already been talking to the dealership about it. They don't seem to know much about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's coming. You want to just late. come down here and fill out the paperwork? We'll try and sell you the warranty on the exhaust system, uh, maybe on the timing belt, because those always go, you know. It is funny. I Yeah, the first few times I called them, I don't even think they knew what the hell I was talking about. But luckily, they did some Googling. And they, I see. Hey, we sell an electric truck. <laughs> wow. Hey. What What do you know? Bob, did you know this? <laughs> no, I swear to God that when I called the dealership, it sounded like the joke that we always make about dealerships. It really sounded like Vinny picked up the phone. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's uh, First, the person who picks up the phone is a woman who doesn't know anything and then hands you off to a guy who doesn't know anything. <laughs> it's just like so stereotypical. Yeah, I know. Wow. But you know what? We couldn't be doing this without all these people right here. And you might be like, well, Zach and Jesse, you must be rich buying all those pickup trucks. We're not rich. Call one word. Financing. Right. We're, we're financing <laughs> the truck. We're doing the American dream, right? Where we over leverage ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point, we're probably going to sell the truck. Uh, but we need to show you the truck first. And I didn't want to just get a truck from Ford that was like, well, you guys can borrow it for two days and don't say anything bad. No, we want to use it just like we're using the Rivian to test it out fully. And the cool thing here now is like we've already been testing the R1T, so we know how to test them now and we can test them head to head. And I think it's going to be really fun to put them head to head. I don't know, even do like a tow off or something. It's got to be fun. Yeah. And then we get to see what 
both of their uh, services like. <laughs> we already know it's. We're still waiting. Still waiting on uh, getting the water out of our doors on the Rivian. Right. You know, little things. Just the little Just things. Little, oh, and uh, did I tell you the other day it was really hot out, and I tried to open the tonneau cover on the Rivian, and the hot sun beating down on the aluminum that is painted black does what? Expands, Expands it. So it means it goes like this. <laughs> So I had to pound on it to get the, the things oh. to go together, and then it finally opened. Oh, nice. So, Rivian engineers, <laughs> uh, heat expands things. Good job. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there wasn't enough play. Interesting. Yeah, but hopefully you'll keep your Rivian in a cool garage supposed, that's because what you're supposed it's an to adventure do. vehicle. That's what you're supposed to do. Oh my God. All right, we'll see you next week. Now I you know. know.